Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Alright, we are continuing on in our series of Nehemiah. Um, so chapter 4 today, Nehemiah chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Sanballat was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. So remember last week we talked about uh, them moving forward and how they divided up and how they were beginning to rebuild the wall. So Sanballat, he's very angry. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, That stone wall, it would collapse even if a fox walked along the top of it. Then I prayed, Hear us, our God, for we're being mocked, and may their scoffing fall back on their he- own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. At last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites and Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they'll come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people, and I said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Lord, this is your word today. May that be what each ear hears. And may it change us because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So voices. There are so many voices in this world that we have to listen to. Right? You've got voices coming from the television you got voices that will come through music, through social media. 
And loud voices too, you know, those kind of things, when we're talking TV and music and social media, those can be kind of subtle. We don't really realize their voices in our lives. But there's loud voices too. Those that we can't ignore. Who does he think he is? I know his background. Just because they go to church, they think they're better than us. They've burned their whole life down. There's no recovery from that. Those are the loud voices. And these voices, a lot of times, will come into our life when we're seemingly at a point that we should be on top of a mountain. Right after something really good. I mean, Nehemiah and them, they, they've rallied together. They've made a plan. Everybody's enthusiastic about building. Like, it's awesome. But that's when the voices come. That's when the voices... You know, I always tell somebody, the moment that they receive Jesus Christ, I promise you this will be one of the hardest weeks you make in your life. Because the enemy is going to come and try to snatch that from you. Anytime we make a, a statement for wanting to live for God, I promise that's when life gets hard. Whether it's something at work, whether it's something in our finances, whether it's our kids, that's when life gets hard. Because your enemy is going to say, oh yeah, yeah, you want to live for God? Let me show you what that's going to look like. Those are the voices. And send Ballad and Tobiah. Here they are again. Have you noticed... We've seen them throughout this whole thing, just sort of dabbled in, right? And now they're throwing out these questions, these demeaning questions meant to discourage the Jews. They don't want answers, by the way. These were rhetorical questions, only meant to put a punch to them, right? They were questioning their skills, you know, oh, Tobiah, he was like, oh, that wall, look at that thing. You know, a little fox could walk across that and it'll tumble down. They don't know what they're doing. They were questioning about using the rubble, the rocks in the rubble and the charred ones. What that meant was, remember, that the enemy years ago had burned down the wall. And if you know anything about the chemistry of rock, you're like, well, rock doesn't burn. Not per se, but it will weaken at that high temperature. It's no longer going to be stable. And especially the rock that they would have been using. So they're saying, any smart man knows you can't use that. Right? So we're four chapters in, and from the beginning, we've seen these two people, Zenballad and Tobiah. And they've just sort of been a, a low voice grumbling this whole time. You know, kind of like dogs nipping at their heels. You know, those little chihuahuas that really one good swoof kick and they're gone. But yet they just irritate the snot out of you, don't they? They just nip, nip, nip. That's what Sanballat and Tobiah remind me because they're just trying to cause doubt and discouragement, fear, right? Fear, you're doing all this work for nothing. Church, do you understand that this is how the enemy works in your life? That they haven't thrown the first punch. They haven't even pulled a weapon yet. But just those voices in your life 
to wear you down. And then notice this about them. Sanballat did not say these things to Nehemiah. Look at verse 2 in there. It said that he was saying it in front of his friends and the army officers. Right? But he knew. If I say it loud enough to the right people, it'll get where I want it to go. Be careful how the enemy works. But write this down. If you take notes, this is what you need to do. How did Nehemiah respond to those voices? Verse 4. Then I prayed. Then I prayed. He took the, the fear and discouragement and the worry where? To God. Then I prayed. Write that down. It seems simple. I, as I'm doing my sermon prep on this, I'm like, well, they know this, Lord, but do they? Do they? Because we've all been there. We've all had those negative voices screaming at us about our, our decisions, our plans, our life, and, and everybody's got an opinion about our life, right? And sometimes, sometimes those voices, it's not from actual people. Sometimes it's the stuff running through our own head, right? Those are the hardest ones. Because I can, go a ho- I can go home and I can turn my phone off and I don't have to look at a computer. I don't have to be near anybody in this room or outside this room. Like I, the voice inside my head, that's the hardest to shut down. When all those negative things begin to roll through our minds. And let's be honest, we don't always respond in the right way to the negative voices. Because we get with our friends and we talk about it. We go, we go on Facebook and we find that verse that we know will convict them and they'll leave me alone. Right? That, that's really how we respond most of the time. We want to fight back. We want to rebuttal, right? We want to defend ourselves. But what if we took notes from Nehemiah today? He prayed, and then he went back to work. And it said after he prayed that half the wall got built. Verse 6, half that wall got finished because they just went back to work. Right? Now, Sanballat and Tobiah, they, that just infuriated them more. Like, they're not listening to us. So then they began to really make plans. Uh, You know, what I read today talked about bringing trouble, confusion in there. They wanted to come in and just create confusion and chaos. If we can get them to turn on themselves, then we can stop this silliness, right? We, We can make it happen. And again, when they were making plans, when they was trying to throw chaos into it, what did Nehemiah do? Write it down. Verse 9. But we prayed. We prayed to our God about all of this. When we spend more time fighting, rebuttaling, condemning the enemy, who are we really hurting? Hmm. I'm hurting myself. Because that's a lot of time spent on that, isn't it? Like, I can sit and, and for a whole day think about everything that's going wrong, 
and how I need to, to combat that. And what did Nehemiah do? He would pray and he'd just get back to work. Now that's not ignoring what's going on. But then, then again, as if it wasn't bad enough, He's got these guys that just won't let up. And we know they they had a whole agenda. Like theirs was a political and an economic thing. They didn't want to lose power in this community. They've been in charge all this time. And now these Jews are coming back home. And they just act like they own everything, which they did. Because God gave it to them. So they had their reasonings. But now we see that there was more than just that. Because in verse 10 it says, Then the people of Judah began to complain. Really? Like it ain't bad enough. We got to deal with the outside voices. But now we got this inside rumble happening. Right? They were beginning to complain. Now obviously they were not taking this same approach as Nehemiah. Pray about it. Get back to work. No, they're sitting around the dinner table talking about all the bad stuff. Ah, we're just so tired. Like half a wall, isn't that enough? Won't won't that be enough? Like why do we have to finish the whole thing, right? We're tired. And the enemies, they're they're trash talking us. Have y'all been listening to what Sam Ballot's been saying down there in the streets today? Yeah, I heard all that. Like, and, and I don't know, he's right. Like the guy next to me, I don't know how he's stacking those stones, but it ain't right. You know, they, they just, and then they said, and you know what else? There's these enemies and they're planning attacks. Like everybody's freaking out about what could happen, right? But I have to tell you, I love... Nehemiah, because he just has this calm demeanor, this just calming vibe as I was reading through this. You know, even even his prayers, like, yes, I love the prayer back up there in verse 4, and he's like, hey, God, hmm, I like to call it the boomerang prayer. Like, everything they want to do to us, turn it back on them. Just give them what they're praying for, Right? I love that. But then he just got back to work. Carry on. And even when his own people start to grumble, he's just like, okay, I hear you. And he says, I'll tell you what, there's some low spots, by the way. This, this half wall, it's not quite up to par yet. I know there's some low spots that our enemies can come in. So we're going to send some guards over there. Which I'll take care of you. I got you. God's going to watch over us. We're going to do our part. It's all going to be good. And he gives them that most inspiring speech right there at the end. Don't be afraid of the enemy. He's like, do y'all remember God? I love the message. You know, when when I flip over to read a different translation, and the message put it this way, put your minds on the master. Stop looking at everything going wrong. Put your mind on the master. In other words, he's reminding them, do y'all remember we're doing this project because God called us here to do it. God has a plan and a purpose, and it's not even just about us today. The Messiah is coming, and we've got to make sure this town is ready when he gets here. Right? Church, my question this morning, where is your mind? Where has your mind been this week? Has it been stuck in all the trouble spots? 
all the voices? Where's your mind? And how did Nehemiah know that their minds were not centered? Easy, because of what was coming out of their mouth. (laughs) We kind of tell off on ourselves sometimes. What comes out of our mouth will a lot of times give you an indication of where your heart is. So I'll challenge you this week. Listen to your own words. Listen to your own words this week to know where your mind is. Now, how do you move forward through opposition? Because it wasn't that there wasn't opposition. They had enemies. They had enemies that wanted to stop them. Now, I said Nehemiah had a calm vibe. He did. But this didn't mean that he stuck his head in the sand and, you know, ignored the problem. He didn't just say, hey, let's pray to God and it's all good. No. If you continue reading that chapter, they actually put into place. Okay, we're going to do a new strategy, he said. Verses 15 through 23, we'll line that out for you. But the new strategy basically was, because remember, last week we looked, everybody got busy building. Walk out your door, you see a piece of wall, build it. You see a section of wall nobody's building, get on it. That was the plan last week. He says, okay, we're going we're gonna to switch it up. Because you're right, there is a problem. So half of you go back to work, get on the wall. The other half of you stand behind and be the guard. What if we walk through life in that same way? You know, sometimes we need to be the ones that are just working, right? Like we need to be doing things for God. We need to be working in the kingdom, working in church, great. But sometimes we need to be the one that's behind and praying and filling that gap for somebody because we know how hard they're working. And sometimes when you're in the middle of work, you don't think about stopping to look around for what's coming at you, right? So he had a strategy. They carried their weapons at all times. Everybody, if you were working, you were stacking stones with one hand and your other hand was on your weapon because you were ready. It says in there in verse 23 that they didn't even take off their clothes. In other words, we never got comfortable because we was always on guard knowing the enemy's there. Church, don't get too comfortable. Your enemy is always waiting for that weak moment. We have an enemy who's always going to have the voices, always trying to wear you down. But I love that even as he changes strategy in this chapter, it's still a community effort. It's still a community effort. It's only if we let ourselves get divided, we have problems. When we're still a community working together, then it works. Now I know we can all relate to Nehemiah's struggle. We all can say that there are people that are just talking discouraging things, right? We've heard the voices, whether it's social media, whether it's TV. Let me just give you an idea. Watch enough news to know what's going on, but then turn it off. Because half of it may not even be all truth they're giving you anyway. Because if if we get too sunk into that, man, how depressing can that be? (laughs) Right? 
I know that we've all had that struggle of Nehemiah when you just got somebody that just won't stop, right? And like him, I know our response is to pray about it and let God deal with it, right? Because see, Philippians 4 and 6 tells us, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I shared that, what, this past week on Facebook, and, um, and my, my comment on it was, it seems so simple, do not be anxious, but we know there are things that are going to make us anxious. That is reality. There are things happening in our families, there are diagnoses happening, there, whatever the list looks like for you, Right? So it's not that we are going to stop the things that are coming at us. You're not going to stop the voices coming at you. But it's what you choose to do with it. And how fast you do it. Because we might all say we pray about it, but do we immediately pray about it? To nip it in the bud. Get peace about it. To, To say, God, show me the things that I can change and then let me release the things I have no control over. Do we nip it in the bud? Or do we get with everybody and we talk about it and we talk about how bad it is and we talk about it? And, uh, mm, mm. Oh yeah, we're supposed to pray about it, <laughs> right? Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. This is who we are, right? Or it's who you can be. Let me tell you that this week. And, and who needs outside enemies, Okay. We turn off everything and and we've we've maybe accomplished the whole outside voices, right? But what happens when the enemy comes from within inside us? That inside voice that just doesn't stop. Well, magnesium glycinate really helps mine. Puts me out like a light at night. (laughs) But even that doesn't always work. Because as soon as I wake up, those voices are still there right? So then what do we do? Because we want to be like Nehemiah, right? And, and we need to recenter our focus, our mind, right? Well, Philippians 4, 7 continued on. Then, then what is he talking about? Remember, we're anxious, but we've prayed. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You see, Nehemiah had a strategy, how to keep working and have somebody on guard. The Spirit wants to be the guard for you, but you got to turn it over in prayer. Because this is who we are, right? It can be who you are. And man... We love a good battle plan, right? Like we need that kind of plan. We want to make a plan to just take out the enemies, right? Let's do those boomerang prayers and let's pray it back on them. We like that kind of talk. But people be trying to take me down, BJ. So, so tell me where to find the weapons, where to find that strategy, how do, I, how do I do what Nehemiah said to do? Ephesians chapter 6. 
a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. So stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. At all times and on every occasion, stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Church, we still have a strategy. We still have a battle plan. The thing I notice about Nehemiah wasn't that he just sort of prayed and hoped God did something. He prayed and he got to work. He did some of that work. You have to pray. You have to put on that armor. How do I do that, BJ? Spend time in the Word. You have to understand God's promises, His provisions, how the Spirit works in your life. Come on Wednesday nights and, and we break that word apart a little bit so you understand. My Wednesday night people, I, you're going to understand this. So this morning I carried a TV. I had a big fish this morning and I had my school class hand up. How many positions did y'all have? Was that going through your mind this morning? Like I was scared to move my hands once I almost went double-handed and I thought, no, Sandy's going to say Mufasa if I do and... <sighs> Now, see, I know there's five people in this room that understood that conversation. Come on Wednesday night and you might understand too. Get in the Word. What was, what was the sword? Because see, Nehemiah, now he was talking about real swords, right? Don't tote machetes. All right? Don't leave this place and my pastor said, I can put the sword on, all right? No machetes. Got it? No bow and arrows except for deer season coming up, all right? <laughs> what was the sword? The word of God. This is your sword. And if you don't know this, you don't have any armor on. <laughs> Everything I just read wouldn't make sense to you. Well, BJ, I, I've tried reading the Bible. It don't make sense. Keep reading it. I think it's Pat that said after, what, three years of us doing different Bible, you know, reading plans and stuff, she's like, some of it's starting to click. Yeah, after three years of reading. Like, I've been reading consistently 20 plus years, I'm still finding things new. Right? So, if you're struggling this morning with those voices, 
And we got to be careful, church, because when I was reading this, I thought, you know, we're really one of three people. We like to say we're Nehemiah. We, we, it's easy for us to say, I'm, yeah, I get it. Like, people talk about me, blah, 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 blah. Are we Nehemiah? Are we Sen Ballot and the other guys doing the talking? Are we the friends sitting around listening? Like, who are we in that scenario? I hope we're more like Nehemiah. And I hope this morning you hear the simple plea, whatever's going on, pray about it. And say, God, show me what I can do. Show me if there's something I need to change about me. My prayer earlier, Lord, we've prayed about everybody else. Help us change us. Lord, help me change me. If there's something I need to do, let me do it. But if not, then let me just get back to work. Let me do the things you've called me to do at the best ability that I can. And if maybe you're in one of those spots where you, you feel like the voices are just overwhelming you, then maybe you find an, a person that can be your prayer partner, your covenant partner that says, hey, that's my covenant partner right there. For 20 plus years, I'm able to text her. I don't even have to give her details. I just have to say, Diane, I need you to pray for me today. And if I know she's praying for me, I can get back to work. <laughs> she's got it. You need somebody like that. Whether that's, let me know. I'll be your prayer person. Uh, Diane loves to pray, so I know she'll be your prayer person. But find somebody that's your prayer person. That whether you share every detail, you can just say, man, the enemy is coming. Can you just cover me today? Will you stand guard for me today? Now make sure that when you, you reach that good point, be that for somebody else too. That's how we defeat and mess up the plans, right? That's how we can change the trajectory of what's going on. And I think it'll change your life. I think it'll change your family's life. I think it'll change the life of this church and this community. When we're like Nehemiah, just a calm voice, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Because truth is, there's a lot of things in, in the world, the negative things we really can't control. <laughs> you cannot control what people say about you, what they think about you, what they believe about you. But I know that I know that God loves me. I know that I know that I'm not perfect, but he's still working on me. I know that I know that he called me to preach his word. So I'll get back to work. And then you find that peace that Philippians 4 talks about. Of just, okay, God, cover me. Let's do this. Stand with me this morning, church family. And maybe you've already come up and you've put a rock in or you've been to the altar, but these altars are open all the time. There's no closed sign on them. Maybe this morning you just want to come up and you just want to kneel and you want to give those voices to God this morning. Or maybe it's, God, I'm sorry, maybe I have been one of those voices. Lord, and I want you to just cleanse me. Maybe it's, 
Lord, I, I just, I know this person and I know that they're going through something and I want to be the one that covers them this morning. Father, we come open-hearted, open hands, open minds. And I pray that these seeds scattered this morning in your word will continue to grow even after walking out of this building this morning. May your Holy Spirit do his work now. God, I thank you for the reminder through Nehemiah. We all have negative voices. We all have whether it's internal voices, external voices, we have those moments of the negativity that slows us down, that tries to crumble what we're doing. And God, may we lay that at your feet this morning. And God, I, I hate to say, but we've all been guilty of being that voice. Hmm. Forgive us. Forgive us for not letting our words build up others. Because Ephesians 4.29 tells me that everything we say should be building somebody up, not tearing them down. Forgive us for those moments. Even people that, Lord, we think of as our enemy were reminded this morning in Ephesians 6 that it's not flesh and blood that we're fighting. Oh, but, Pastor, they said this. No, Lord, forgive us. They don't understand what they do. May we see them through your eyes. May we understand the true fight is within us. And may we just turn it over in prayer. And then may we get back to work. The work of knowing that there are people all around us that don't know your son, Jesus Christ. The work that we are called to make Christ-like disciples. We've done okay. The wall's half there. It's not enough. So may we find that passion and enthusiasm again, Lord to continue the work you gave us in this specific church, this specific community. Give us that passion. And Father, I just pray over every person in this room as they leave here tonight, may they just begin to have a hunger for your word that goes beyond Sunday mornings. May they go home and want to dig out that Bible and dust it off and open up the word and say, is that really what it said? May they just hunger for the word of truth that will forever change them. And Father, now as we move into this next part of our worship time together of just celebrating my little Puggle's life, <laughs> little Ryerson, God, we continue health and wholeness over Heather as she finishes out the next couple of months. And every day we have praised the life of this child. We praised him even knowing, God, we were unsure how long we would have him. And we are grateful to have him this far. So we pray, Lord, over Ryerson. You have put a plan and a purpose on his little life.
And we look forward to those days ahead of watching him grow. And may we be the body of believers to help Heather and Dalton in raising him. Let us just have a time of celebration and joy together. In Jesus' name, amen. So church family, if you're staying, I'm guessing meal, they're back there, I think already working on it. It smells really good. Um, And don't forget the movie is this week. Have a blessed day and go be a blessing. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.